Merry Christmas. From Cambridge 105 Radio. By Charles Dickens, adapted for Cambridge 105 Radio by Sean Lang. London. Bustling London. Outcast London. City of mist. City of fog. Fog everywhere. Fog up the river, where it flows among green islands and meadows. Fog down the river, where it rolls defiled among the tiers of shipping and the waterside pollutions of a great and dirty city. The city clocks had only just gone three, but it was quite dark already. Cratchit! Cratchit! Yes, Mr Scrooge? Has that letter gone off to Kenjan Carboy? Went off this afternoon, Mr Scrooge. Good. I want some arrears notices prepared. One week's notice. Very good, Mr Scrooge. How many? Five. These are the addresses. Write them out and call a messenger boy to deliver them. Did you send for the bailiff, as I told you? I did, Mr Scrooge. Then where is he? City of cold. Nowhere colder than in Scrooge's ice-cold heart. Of all the good days in the year, Christmas Eve. Those eviction notices, I want them sent out this very afternoon, so set about it. The bailiff will need the addresses. They're all to be emptied by tomorrow lunchtime. Tomorrow, Mr Scrooge? Oh, well, the day after then. First thing in the morning, mind. What are you looking at me like that for? Like what, Mr Scrooge? Don't humbug me, sir. I see it in your face. You think it hard I should turn people out at Christmas, don't you? It does seem a little hard, sir. At Christmas. They should have thought of that and paid their rent. Now get about your work. I pay you for your services, Cratchit, not your sentiment. And leave the fire alone. I was only trying to... Do you think I'm made of money? If your hands are cold, wear your gloves. Yes, Mr Scrooge. Sorry, sir. Is that the bailiff? About time too. No bailiff, uncle. I come to wish you Merry Christmas. You waste your own time and mine. Well, you've said your piece. Good afternoon to you. And, uncle, you are invited to dine with us tomorrow. Obliged you, I'm sure. Good afternoon. Oh, come, uncle, for once. For family. Family. I want no family. Are we not close kin, you and I? We should be familiar. You haven't even set eyes on Lydia. You wouldn't come to the wedding. Come and join us for Christmas. My mother would have wished it. You know she would. I'll see you damned first. Then if you won't come for family, come for Christmas. For the sake of the feast. You know what I think about Christmas. But why ever not? What harm has it ever done you? It's a lot of humbug. You know what Christmas is, sir. It's a time for paying bills with no money. A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If I could work my will... Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Cratchit, show my nephew to the door. Even so, Uncle, you are still invited to join us tomorrow. And if you don't like Christmas, why, as to that, I think you're wrong. No, I heard you. Now hear me out. You see it as a time of foolishness. And so it is. Well, I have always thought of Christmas as a good time. A kind, forgiving time. 
Yes, Uncle, a forgiving time. Good afternoon. And therefore, Uncle, though it may never have put a scrap of gold in my pocket, and I, I dare say it never will, I believe it has done me good, and will do me good in the future, and I say God bless it. Hear, hear. Let me hear another word from you, Cratchit, and you'll keep Christmas by losing your situation. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint. Cratchit, where is that bailiff? I believe this is him now, sir. This is Scrooge and Marley. It is, sir, yes. Uh, Shall I take your coat? This way, sir. Come into my office. I've been expecting you. It's the season, I fear, sir. The season? Christmas. I'm always especially occupied at this time of the year. No, I can well believe it. Take a seat, sir. A most kind. Now, is it Mr Scrooge or Mr Marley? You have both names written above the door. Marley is dead. I'm sorry to hear it. No doubt his liberality is well represented in his... His, his what? His liberality. <laughs> it's the first time I ever heard it called that. Cratchit, bring me those eviction addresses. Here, Mr Scrooge. There you are, sir. All three to be evicted the day after tomorrow. First thing in the morning, if you please. Oh, dear me, no doubt these poor creatures all fell into poverty and destitution. Well, I must assume so, or they'd have paid their rents on time. Quite so. Why, Mr Scrooge, this melancholy business falls very opportunely, for it is precisely at this festive season that I and others in the local community try to make some provision for such poor creatures as these. Provision? I didn't call you here to make provision for them. I called you here to turn them out. Turn them out? Yes, sir, turn them out. Onto the street. Every man, woman and child of them. I can't afford to house paupers. I must say, sir, you have a very strange notion of your employment. I'd never have known you for a bailiff. A bailiff? Why, Mr Scrooge, I am no bailiff. I have a small trading company in Fetter Lane. And I and some of my fellows, charitable gentlemen, seek to raise some money at this time of year to provide for those who cannot provide for themselves. Many thousands are in want of common necessities, sir, of common comforts. Want of common necessities? Well, are there no prisons? No workhouses? Plenty. I could wish there were not. The treadmill still in operation? The poor law in full vigour? Alas, both very busy, Mr Scrooge. That is why I hope you will bend your heart to subscribing to our charitable endeavours. What shall I put you down for? Put me down? How much would you like to subscribe? Nothing. Ah, you wish to be anonymous. I wish to be left alone. My dear sir, at Christmas. I don't make myself merry at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. If they are badly off, they must go to the workhouse. Many would rather die. Well, if they would rather die, they'd better do it. And reduce the surplus population. Good afternoon. Are those arrears notices done yet? All done, Mr Scrooge. Send them off. Messenger? Yes, sir? Five letters for you. Farthing each. And sixpence extra for Christmas. But not a word to Mr Scrooge. He in there. God rest you, merry gentlemen, may not Out! Limey. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. If quite convenient, sir. Why should you suppose it is convenient? It is not convenient and it is not fair. If I was to stop you half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill-used, I'll be bound. And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. 
It is only once a year, sir. Yeah, a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. I'll be here all the earlier the next morning. We have rents to enforce Cratchit and families to evict. Yes, sir. And Merry Christmas to you, Mr Scrooge. What did you say? I wished you a Merry Christmas, sir. Look at you. Fifteen shillings a week, a wife and family to support, no coat to your name. And you talk of a Merry Christmas. You wish me a Merry Christmas? The world's gone mad. I'll retire to Bedlam. I want you here at nine o'clock sharp the next morning, do you hear? I will be, sir. Good night to you. Humbug. The whole thing is just humbug. Oh, but they won't humbug me, by God. Hey, Jacob. Jacob Marley. Marley is dead, to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. He died seven years ago this very night. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker and the chief mourner. I signed it. I was the chief mourner. <laughs> the only mourner. His sole executor, sole administrator, sole assigned, sole residuary legatee, sole friend, I suppose, and sole mourner. And my name is good upon change for anything I care to put it to. Jacob Marley is dead, dead as a doornail. Hmm. I don't know what there is particularly dead about a doornail, I don't know. I would have thought a coffin nail, the deadest piece of ironmongery in the trade, but the wisdom of our ancestors is in the simile. Which is to say, it's a lot of humbug. After his usual solitary supper in a corner of an inn, Scrooge returned to his lodgings. Lodgings which had once belonged to his late partner, Jacob Marley. Here he is, old misery, regular as clockwork. I'm to his bed. Well, in you come, sir. Is anything the matter? Barkis, have you been playing jokes? I don't have time for no nonsense, sir. You know that. Now, I've run the warming pan over your bed and there's a saucepan of gruel on the hob for your head cold. Here's your dressing gown. Do you want your cap, sir? I should if I were you. It's fearful cold in here. What did you do to my door knocker? I haven't touched your door knocker, sir. It still works, don't it? I thought... Oh, I'm seeing things. It's them cheap pies you will eat, sir. You don't know what they put in them. Why is that candle lit through there? I was patching one of your shirts, sir. I'll put it in your candlestick for the stairs. If there's nothing further, sir, I'll wish you a good night. Shall I bring you your breakfast a bit later in the morning? Six o'clock, as usual. Very good, sir. Good night. I'll lock the door as I go. I haven't thought of Jacob Marley since he died. Seven years ago? Oh, well, it makes no difference. The business goes on. Business must always go on. Jacob knew that. As he sat in his chair, his glance happened to rest upon a bell. A disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose, now forgotten, with a chamber in the highest story of the building. It was with great astonishment. And with a strange, inexplicable dread. That as he looked... What? What? No, I don't believe it. 
I won't believe it. It's all humbug. Christmas tomfoolery, that's all it is. A lot of... Who's that? Marcus, is that you? Scrooge. Who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge. Show yourself. Scrooge. No. Scrooge. This is a dream. Who are you? Ask me rather who I was. Very well. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. No, 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 no. Marley's dead. You're dead. You don't believe in me. Of course I don't. You see me. You hear me. Why do you not believe the evidence of your own senses? Because a little thing upsets them. Makes me see things, hear voices. I even thought I saw your face at the door knocker. But it's all humbug. That's all you are. You're a, an undigested bit of beef troubling me or, or a blot of mustard. I'll tell you what, my fine fellow, <laughs> there's more of gravy than of grave about you. Ha! What do you want with me? A social call, is it? <laughs> All right! I'll believe in you if I must. What do you want? It is required of every man after death that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. Well, you haven't walked very far, have you? Back to your old lodgings. Each man's spirit is doomed to wander through the world and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. Utter humbug. It is not for us to make people happy. <laughs> We're men of business. Business. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business, as they are yours. You've seen this chain I wear. I made it in life, link by link, and yard by yard. I girdled it of my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself, Ebenezer? It was full as heavy and long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Is that so? You do not see it yet, but you will. Then what crumb of comfort can you offer? I have no comfort to give, especially at this time of the rolling year when I suffer most. My time is nearly gone, Ebenezer. Hear me. You will be haunted by three spirits. Must I? I'd, I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the verse tomorrow. At the stroke of one. The second, the next night. The third... Oh, 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 couldn't I just take them all at once and have it over with Jacob? Time is precious, you know. Look to see me no more. For your own sake, Ebenezer, remember what has passed between us.
the air was filled with phantoms. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. None were free. The misery with them all was they sought to interfere for good in human matters. And had lost the power forever. It's not the way! It's not the way, Jacob! The sound economy, that's what these people need! It's business that is the business of mankind! Anything else is just... humbug! No, 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 no. there was no ghost. I was dreaming, fell asleep in, my, in the chair. What time is that? No, it's not possible, I can't have slept in the chair for four hours! It's not noon, is it? I'm too foggy to tell. Sleep, and no more dreams of ghosts and chains. The hour itself. Well, who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Of Christmas past. Uh, are you? Are you the spirit I was told would come? Well, of course. Of course. Christmas night. Christmas past. When? Long past? No. Your past. What do I want with you? Or you with me? Your welfare. <laughs> A good night's sleep would do more for my welfare, thank you very much. Your reclamation, then. I don't want to be reclaimed. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you shall. Rise, Scrooge, and walk. Walk with me. No. I, I am mortal. I'll fall. Let me touch you there, and you'll be quite safe. So... Where are we going? In miles not far, a distance you have travelled yourself. In years, too. You know this place. I was a boy here. I know it like my hand. Why have you brought me here? This is your past, not mine. You brought me. It is Christmas here? You know it is. Look, over here. The schoolroom. I know that boy. Left behind at school at Christmas. Unwanted. Alone. I have not forgotten. See? Left alone. With his book of stories. I remember. Ali Barber and the thieves, the Sultan and his groom. He married the princess, the cheek of it. And the miller and his men. Oh, yes, I remember them. Robin Crusoe, Friday. Oh, and the parrot. Yes, I remember them. But no home. No home at Christmas. I was not welcome. Another Christmas. Still at the school. Brother, dearest Eb, I've come to bring you home. Home for Christmas. But father said... He's changed. He's so much kinder now. He even said he can see our mama in you without pain. And that made me so glad I asked him, one dear night as I was going to bed, if you might come home. And he kissed me and he said you might. And I'm sent to fetch you and bring you home forever and ever and ever. You're going to be a man and never come back here. But first we're to be together, all of us, all the Christmas long, and to have the merriest time in all the world. Oh, Eb, dear Eb, I'm so happy I can't tell you. Dear Fan, she loved you dearly. Farewell, cold school. Farewell, cold schoolmaster. Home, home for Christmas. God bless you, merry gentlemen. May nothing you dismay. Oh, I heard that song sung by a boy earlier. I was rather impatient with him. What happened to your sister? She died, a young woman. A widow, too. And one child. Your nephew, Fred, whom she entrusted to your care. Yes. Another Christmas. Why, 
Dick Wilkins. Dick Wilkins, to be sure. No, he was very attached to me, was Dick Wilkins. Fezziwig was speaking well of you, Ben. Said you have the head for the business. Oh, yes. I was apprenticed here. Now then, my young gentleman. Ebenezer, Dick, no more work tonight. Put your pens away. Christmas Eve, Ebenezer. Christmas Eve, Dick. Let's have the shutters up before a man can say Jack Robinson. You wouldn't believe how those fellows went at it. One, two, three, had them up in their place. Four, five, six. Barred them and pinned them. Seven, eight, nine. And came back before you could have got to twelve, panting like racehorses. Clear away, lads, and let's have lots of room here. Hilly ho, Dick. Cheer up, Ebenezer. Oh, Fezziwig, it looks splendid. Oh, those young gentlemen have done us proud. Haven't they, my love? Let Christmas begin. With that fiddler, I remember him. A pot of porter and he'd begin again all refreshed. Oh, you'd think the first fiddler had been carried home exhausted and a new man had sprung up to take his place and beat him out of sight. Oh, what days. Who's that, Dick? Oh, careful, Ben. A beauty like that is bound to have admirers. Well, she has one more. But who is she? Well, a friend of Miss Eliza Fezziwig, I believe. Name of Belle. You're not, surely. Under the mistletoe, Dick. Under the mistletoe. Must I see this? These are but shadows of what has been. I have no control over what they contain. No, not this. This is not fair. It is your past, not mine. You have not forgotten this, I think. Belle. Ebenezer. You never used to call me by my full name. I think those days are gone. You have changed, dearest. I have not, I assure you. But another has displaced me in your eyes, I see that. And if you can be happy, I have no cause to complain. What other? There is no other. No human soul, no. But an idol, a golden idol. Come, Belle, believe me, there is nothing... Nothing on which this world is so hard and unforgiving as it is on poverty, yet there is nothing it condemns with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. Why should I not seek the security of wealth for us both against the privations of the world? And why should you condemn me for it? It is not just the pursuit of gold. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion, gain, engrosses you utterly. Can you deny it? I am not changed towards you. Tell me, truly, Ebenezer, if this had never passed between us, would you seek me out and try to win me now? I have my answer. I hope, truly, that you will find happiness in the life you have chosen. Spirits, do you take delight in tormenting me? I told you, these are shadows of what has been. Do not blame me for what you see. Enough. I'll hear no more. I'll snuff you out like a candle. Jacob, I've met the first of your spirits, and a merry dance he led me. All right, I have seen old faces again, lived old moments. I paid a grievous price for what I have now, I grant you that. But should I be again what I once was? Have I done anything that requires my reclamation? I do not see it. Wealth is the bedrock of the world, and I've seen nothing to change that. I'll await the second of your spirits. 
but I doubt he'll change my mind. He returned to his bed to await events. He was not by any means prepared for nothing. And consequently, when the bell struck one and no shape appeared. Well, let's have you then. Come on, come on. I knew it. The whole thing is just a dream, just utter humbug. Then he noticed a blaze of ruddy light. man and know me better I am the ghost of Christmas present present now today around you under your very nose we are both spirits now they cannot see us Merry Christmas to you my word spirit that is certainly a turkey over there I'll allow could feed a troop of men on that alone. <laughs> you could never have stood upon his legs, that bird. He would have snapped him off short in a minute like sticks of sealing wax. <laughs> Tell me, Spirit, is there a peculiar flavour in what you sprinkle from your torch? There is. My own. A blend of goodwill, kindness and generosity of spirit. Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kindly given. To a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. See, They found themselves in the home of Scrooge's clerk. Martha! Martha's home, Mother! They're such a goose, Martha! Oh, Martha, bless your heart. How late you are. We would a deal of work to finish last night, Mother. Hello, Peter. Hello, darlings. Merry Christmas. Is Father not back yet from church? He's coming! He's coming! With Tim! Quick, Martha, hide! Take him by surprise. We're back. Happy Christmas, Father! Happy Christmas, Tim! Happy, Happy Christmas, Christmas, everyone! Where's Martha? Not coming. Not coming? On Christmas Day? Too much work to catch up on. Not home on Christmas Day? I'm here, Father. Merry Christmas. Hello, Timmy, darling. Oh, bless you. But Merry Christmas, my dear. Now, off all of you, and wash your hands and faces. Martha, you set the table. Of course, Mother. How was church? Full. And how was Tim? You know, he says the strangest things. He said he hoped people saw him on Christmas Day because it would remind them of him who made the lame walk and the blind see. It's a crying shame his little heart is trapped in that battered body of his. That may be, Martha. But do you know, I do believe I wouldn't have him any other way. The goose, the goose, the goose, the goose! Now sit you down! Not another word. It is a very small goose spirit for such a family. We thank thee, Lord, for thy blessings on us, for the food on our table and the love in our hearts, especially on this Christmas day. Amen. 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 It's a splendid goose, Mother. Where did you get it? Why, from Mr Pampisford, the poulterer. No, Martha. I'll tell you where I got it. I got it from your dear father's heart and from his daily toil. Your father works and saves and he invests what he saves in Mr Pampisford's Christmas Club so we can all eat as we ought to on Christmas Day. That's where this goose comes from. So come on, Robert, carve. Annual income, 20 pounds. Annual expenditure, 20 pounds, autumn six. 
result. Misery. Annual income £20, annual expenditure £19.19 and six. Result. Happiness. And now, my dears, the Queen. The Queen! The Queen. And Mr Scrooge, the founder of the feast. Mr Scrooge, Father? Not him, Father. Founder of the feast, indeed. Huh, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a good piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Well, hear me out. At this blessed time of year, are we not invited to bless the poor? Well, I know of no one poorer than Mr Scrooge. Him? Poor? Father, you're joking. No joke, my dears. Look at him. He lives all alone. He works all alone. He even eats all alone. He has money, plenty of it. But his clothes are old and patched and his house... Well, my dear, you know where he lives. It's no grand palace, I can assure you. He has his money, and it's a great deal more than ours. Coffers and coffers of it. All carefully noted and reckoned and balanced. I should know. We live here. And it's not large, but we love each other. And we are warmed by that love. But he has, what? A cold life in those cold lodgings of his. All alone with his money, without friends, without family, without love. I pity him. Truly, I do. So, tell me again. Which of us is the richer? Him or us? Yes, my dears. I give you... Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge. Scrooge. He's still got more money, though. Spirit, that that boy, Tim. I did not know Cratchit had a crippled son. Did you ask? Will he live, do you think? I see an empty chair by the fireside. A child's crutch in the corner. That's all I know. Come, there is more to see. This is a place where miners live, who labour in the bowels of the earth. But they know me. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Now passing on above the moor, they sped. Whither? Not to sea. Built upon a reef of sunken rock. On which the waters chafed and dashed the wild year through. There stood a solitary lighthouse. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Even here. Even here? Good will, good humour, good fellowship. But what of it? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly I through his own heart. in haste. In ignorance. He said it was all a humbug. Indeed he did. More shame on him, Fred. Come, my dear, don't speak too harshly. And he didn't come to our wedding? I don't see why you put up with him. He's clearly unpleasant and rude. He won't come, will he, Fred? He never does. He sounds a perfect misery. (laughs) Oh, he's a comical old fellow, that's the truth, and not as pleasant as he might be. But his offences carry their own punishment. Who suffers by his ill temper, not us? He won't come and dine while he misses a good dinner. Then why do you invite him? He's my mother's brother. He's family. The only kid I have in the world. Come, let's have a song for Christmas. If Miss Jane will play. Since you are so gallantly, Mr Topper. How about Under the Mistletoe? 
We shall have twas in the winter cold. I'll not play anything else, Mr. Topper. Very suitable. Twas in the winter cold when earth was desolate and wild that angels welcomed at his birth the everlasting child. From realms of ever-brightening day and from his throne above he came with humankind to stay all lowliness and love. Tis winter all with me. I've neither fruit nor flower. Here's to him. Merry Christmas, old man, wherever you might do with it. To, to Uncle, Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge. Merry Christmas. Why do you shun him? For what he is. His mother's son. A shallow reason. It seemed good once. Spirit, your hair is grown grey. Your face is drawn. Are spirit's lives so short? My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? At midnight. The time draws near. Spirit, beneath your robe, what is it? A, a foot or a claw? It might be a claw. For the flesh there is upon it. Behold, this haggard girl, this wretched boy. What are they? Are they yours? Not my creation. Yours. They cling to me as their only hope. Yet you, and others like you, bred them. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Look on them. Look. Beware them both, and all their kind. But most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see written that which is doom, unless the writing be erased. Deny it if you can. But know that they will follow you through life, unless you turn and see them. And seeing them, tend them. Why me? Have they no other refuge or resource? Are there no prisons? No workhouses. The treadmill still in operation. The poor law still in full vigour. I spoke in... I... In ignorance. Spirit. Spirit! Are you so soon departed? So soon? Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw it not. He lifted up his eyes and beheld... A solemn phantom. Draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. Are you... Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? Spirit of the future, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen. But I, I know your purpose is to do me good, and I mean, I hope, to live to be another man than what I was. I shall follow where you lead me. See what you show me. I am in your hands. Will you not speak to me? And Scrooge found himself on familiar ground. The Stock Exchange. Why bring me here? So, old Scratch has gone, has he? So I heard. When did he die? Last night, I believe. I know these men. I do business with them. It's likely to be a cheap funeral, upon my life. I don't know of anybody to go to it. 
Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. I don't mind going if there's a lunch. I must be fed, you know. Do you know what's to become of his estate? Left it to his firm, I imagine. There's a nephew, I believe, but he won't have left it to him. Or to me, alas. What? Who? Scrooge found himself transported to a different part of town that he did not know. A dark, squalid, dingy part of town. Which, did he but know it, was not so very far from his own. Uh, what's this? A charwoman? Housekeeper, please, Joe. A housekeeper, a laundress and an undertaker. Some might think it the start of a joke. Come in, my dears. Make yourself comfortable in my parlour. I'll just stir the fire. I was making some tea. Can I tempt you? Mrs Dilburn? Mrs Barkis? Mr Sowberry? Oh, I don't mind if I do. Oh, very good of you, yeah. I take it you brought things for me? What do you think, Joe? I think we don't ask too many questions, my dear. He won't miss these. And if he wanted to keep him after he was dead, a wicked old screw, why, he wasn't more normal when he was alive. If he had been, he wouldn't have left gasping out his last breath all by himself. It's not natural. He wasn't natural. Oh, look at mine first, Joe. It's the smallest. Mm, let me see. A couple of seals. A pencil case with pen holder inside. A pair of sleeve buttons. A brooch of no great value. Six shillings, fourpence halfpenny. Very well. Now, Mrs Dilber, what have we? Sheets, towels, none too clean. Fancy teaspoons, silver. A pair of sugar tongs and a few old boots. Twelve and six. I always give too much to ladies. It's a weakness of mine. Mind... If you ask me for another penny, I'll knock off half a crown. Why? You're as bad as he is. Was, Mrs Dilber, was. Look at my bundle now, Joe. Bed curtains. You don't mean to say you took them down rings and all with him lying there? <laughs> she did. I saw her do it. And why not? What was he going to do with them? His blankets are there too. Still warm. Well, I hope he didn't dive anything catching. Don't you worry about that, Joe. If he had, I wouldn't have stuck around him. I wasn't so fond of his company. There's one of his shirts too. Finest cotton. You won't find a hole in it. I mended it myself. Some fool of an undertaker put him in it to bury him, but I took it off again. Calico is quite good enough for him. These people are not human. A man is dead, and they show no emotion, no feeling, no spark of human pity. Is there any person in this town who feels emotion because this man is dead? If so, show him to me. My dear, you've not come to pawn more things. You'll be left with nothing but the clothes you wear. No, not to pawn, to redeem. Redeem? You've the money, I hope. Cash. It's all there, and the ticket. Good, good. A penny halfpenny over, I think. I mean, exactly right. Now, what was it? Ah, yes. Two dresses, very fine. A bonnet. And a very pretty ring. I have them safely over here. At the sewing basket, alas, my dear, are sold. I trust that will not harm you in uh, making a living. Only I must make mine, as I'm sure you understand. It doesn't matter. None of it matters now. He's dead. Dead? Who's dead? Our landlord. We had no hope. We needed but a week's delay to earn the rent, but he would not relent. Oh, he would never relent. But now he's past relenting. He is dead. 
best thing he did in his life, from what I gather. Spirit, this is not what I meant. Still silent, the ghost conducted him through familiar streets. Back to the house of his clerk, Bob Cratchit. The colour hurts my eyes. Give it to me, Mother. I'll finish it. No, no, I'll do it. I won't show weak eyes to your father, not for anything. He should be home by now. He walks more slowly of late, Mother. I know it. Now, Mother, don't distress yourself. You're past your time, Robert. I left early and went to see the, the place. Come and sit, Father. We'll have some tea. The work looks very fine, my dears. And Peter, you work hard at your books and you'll get a fine position. There's many a firm needs a junior clerk. How does it look? I wish you could have seen it. It's in a little corner, very green, quite beautiful. We'll all see it. I promised him that we would walk there on Sundays. Poor Tim. Here, Mother, I'll do that. It's only a scrag end of lamb, Father. No goose this Christmas. I'm sorry. Oh, but the rent is paid, so there's a blessing. Have you heard what is to happen? It's still with the lawyers. It may end up in a chancery, I hear, and I must seek another position. Tell me, Spirit, are these the shadows of the things that will be, or of the things that may be only? Tell me. Men's courses lead to certain ends, it's true. But if they change course, those ends must change also. Say it is so for me. Why show me all these scenes if not to help me change? And I am changed. I am not as I was. My eyes are opened as you wish them to be. I will, I shall reform and honour Christmas in my heart and in my deeds all the year long. Am I not to be saved? Mr. Scrooge, whatever are you were doing off sitting on the ground? Don't say you fell out of bed. Barkis? Where am I? Where are you indeed? You're in your own bedroom and your breakfast is waiting downstairs as you ordered. But, but, but what day is it? Why, sir, you know what day it is. I say, you there! Boy! Oh, me? Yes, my fine fellow, you! Can you tell me what, what day it is? You daft! It's Christmas Day. Christmas Day? Are you sure? Is that right? Christmas Day? Well, of course it is. Uh, I say, boy, come back. Now what? You know the poulterers, Mr Pampersford? You know the turkey hanging up there, the big one? The one as big as me? Indeed. Uh, fine boy, that intelligent boy. I'll give you a shilling 
I want you to run to Mr. Pampersford and tell him to bring it here this instant. Tell him I'll buy it. I'll pay him for it twice over. Where's my shilling? My purse. Mrs. Barkis, my purse. Here it is, sir. Easy on it. It's not used to being opened. There's your shilling, my lad. And if you're back with him within five minutes, there's half a crown in it for you. Now run along. Well, I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. He won't know where it's come from. He'll think it came from Father Christmas himself. Mrs. Barkis, my clothes. Oh, what larks, Mrs. Barkis, what larks. Your clothes are on your chair, Mr. Scrooge, same as always. There's a change of underwear in the drawer if you're interested, but I don't suppose you are. And your breakfast is downstairs. But Mrs. Barkis, dear Mrs. Barkis. Yeah? What's this? You shouldn't be here, Mrs. Barkis. Christmas Day, Mrs. Barkis. You should be with your family, Mrs. Barkis. Family? I ain't got no family, Mr. Scrooge. Just Barkis. And it's been a long time since he was willing. Go home to him, Mrs. Barkis. Make merry with him, Mrs. Barkis. Christmas, Mrs. Barkis. Christmas? Bah, humbug. I say, Fred, there's a fellow down there behaving most odd. He's walked up and down past your front door four or five times now. Do you think he wants to come in? Where? D- down there. See him? Oh. Do you know, I, I do believe... That- <laughs> One moment. Oh, he's not bringing him in on Christmas Day. My dear, everyone... Let me present to you my Uncle Scrooge. Uncle, my wife, Lydia, your niece. My dear, I am so very pleased to make your acquaintance. We should have met long ago. The fault is entirely mine. Uh, Please think nothing of it, sir. It is water under the bridge. I know I have not been an uncle to Fred, still less to you. And it must seem strange that I should suddenly stand before you in that title. Well, what of it? Dear uncle, you are very welcome. Hear, hear. Each year you shame me, Fred, with the warmth and true feeling of your Christmas invitation, and each year I turn you down. There were reasons, but, well, they're in the past now, and I'm not sure they were very good anyway. But, well, something happened. And I hope this Christmas Day we might perhaps start out afresh. I've always lived my life alone, but in fact I have a family. I'm not alone, and I never want to be alone ever again. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he had set his heart on. A quarter past nine. I knew it, I knew it, he's late. Oh, if he had been here on time, there would not have been half the fun. Cratchit, what do you mean by creeping in here at this hour? You are a quarter of an hour past your time. I am very sorry, sir. Truly, I am. I was rather making merry yesterday, sir, and I slept heavier than normal. It is only once a year, Mr Scrooge. Step this way, sir. I'll tell you what, my friend, I'm not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. I'm debating whether to dock your pay for the quarter hour you've missed. And I have decided. I shall raise your salary. Surely, Mr Scrooge, you mean lower it? I know what I mean, sir. I mean I should have paid you a proper salary long ago. And I intend to make amends now. I mean 
We shall sit and talk about you and your struggling family over a bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. I mean a merry Christmas to you, Bob Cratchit. A merrier Christmas than I have ever given you in your life. To you and your family. Especially that poor young lad of yours. Tim? I believe I have some plans for him. But I'll heat the punch bowl and we can talk at our leisure. No, you sit there. It's Christmas, Bob. You've earned it. But how did he know about Tim? Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. He became as good a friend, as good a man, even as good a landlord as the good old city knew. Or any other good old city, town or borough in the good old world. Are you Mr Scrooge? I am. I hope that in time you may learn to call me Uncle Scrooge. Did you send the turkey? I did. Why? Why? Bless my soul, that's a good question. Mrs Cratchit, a, a fine boy, an intelligent boy, this son of yours. Do you know, Master Cratchit, I'm not sure I can say. It was for Christmas. God bless you for it, sir. God bless you too, Tim. And all of us. God bless us, everyone. Now the winter is come with his cold, chilly breath And the leaves do fall from the trees All nature is touched with the finger of death And the streams do begin for to freeze When the wanton young boys on the water do slide And the frost overcovers them all When with health, rich and joy, everything that is good That's the time to remember the poor That's the time to
In A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, the part of Ebenezer Scrooge was played by Sean Lang. Bob Cratchit and Topper were William Mayles, Mrs Cratchit and Mrs Dilber, Beverly Dean, and Marley's ghost and Joe, Richard Perkis. Rory Lowings was Fred, Mr Sowerby and Dick Wilkins. Meredith Bowen and William Mayles played the ghost of Christmas past, and Alan Hay was the ghost of Christmas present and Fezziwig. Mrs Barkis, Martha and Belle were played by Lucy Archer Woodcock. The charitable gentleman was Julian Clover. Lydia and the young wife were Meredith Bowen and Lucy Malazzo played Fan and Jane. The narrators were Naz Yenny and Richard Perkis. Tiny Tim was played by Gustave Lallemand. A Christmas Carol was adapted for radio and podcast delivery by Sean Lang. Location recording, mixing and production were by Trevor Dan for Cambridge 105 Radio. From God our heavenly Father, the blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. To the Lord. 